welcome back to the Room Madness Podcast. This is a place for everyone who is crazy about rheumatology to connect, collaborate, compete, and learn together. Um, we are so excited to be kicking off the Room Madness 2023 season, the all-star season. If you're listening to this, the Room Madness tournament has probably just started, and you are just now digging into the scouting reports, thinking about putting together your bracket. And for um, those new first-time players, make sure you listen to the previous episode where we just basically go through how to actually play Room Madness. If you don't want to listen to that, you can also just go over to our website, which will be in the show notes, and um, there will be some brief instructions there. Um, So in this podcast, we have a big group of people who are here to take us through um, half of the bracket, basically, and talk about some of the teams. Um, We actually have the authors of the scouting reports themselves here to talk about why they chose their team, why they think their team is going to win. And just give you a little bit of a preview of the kind of learning that you're going to experience as you engage in uh, Room Madness. Um, Before we start, I did want to make um, just a couple of announcements. Um, So number one, again, uh, brackets are open through March 22nd for submission. So make sure you get your bracket in before the tournament starts. Um, And then also, if you didn't know, Room Madness is actually collaborating um, now this year with the MedNet. Um, The MedNet is a physician-only website um, that provides a space for physicians to tackle difficult clinical questions and see how colleagues are practicing. And the MedNet, um, we're really excited about this. They have worked really hard to review all of the teams that are in the tournament, and they are um, posting very select, relevant question and answer um, uh, questions on their website that are relevant to the articles in our 2023 tournament. And I've seen them, they're really exciting. Um, and uh, a great place to engage. So in addition to engaging in the tournament or talking about uh, the tournament on social media or Twitter, you can also head over to the MedNet and find Room Madness content there. Um, And they are offering uh, CME and MOC credit for that as well. So really excited about that. So um, without further ado, We have uh, 15 people on this podcast, and um, we are going to have each of them introduce themselves as we get to their um, team and their region. Um, And so we're really excited. Um, If you haven't seen this already, there were about 130 people involved in writing the scouting reports this year. And so although there's a lot of there are a lot of people writing the scouting reports, there's only a, a small number of them that are represented on this podcast. And we're so excited to hear their voices. So um, we are going to start talking about the uh, teams in the tournament now. Um, We're going to cover the left side of the bracket. Um, So the regions in this side of the bracket are the TNF takedown region, the RA revamp region, mechanism madness, and ab workout. Um, So uh, going up at the top, the TNF takedown region has three teams. Um, etanercept for rheumatoid arthritis, etanercept plus methotrexate, and infliximab for rheumatoid arthritis. And to tell us about the etanercept for rheumatoid arthritis team, we have um, Jasmine and Christina from uh, Ohio State Fellowship Program to tell us about those teams. Take it away. Hi, I'm Christina. I'm um, one of the first-year fellows at Ohio State. And um, our article is a trial of a Tannercept in the treatment of RA. Um, at that time, a Tannercept, aka TNFRP75FC fusion protein, aka the OG, had just come on the scene. Um, 
The trial is randomized controlled trial and it demonstrated clinical improvement in a dose related fashion using Enbrel in patients who had failed CSD MARDs. Um, and it showed excellent safety profile, excellent um, efficacy. And I'm just wanting to point out that it was published in the NEJM in July of 1997. And then Enbrel was approved by the FDA as the first biologic DMARD for treatment of RA in November of 1998. So uh, I think that speaks for itself in terms of its impact and why we are going to take down the TNF takedown category today. Thank you, Christina, kicking it off with us throwing some shade and um, putting out a challenge to the competitors. I love that. So um, that team is going to be matched up in the first round against etanercept plus methotrexate. And um, this team um, was proposed by the University of Chicago. And we have Michael Macklin and Chelsea Thompson to represent that team. Hi, everyone. This is Michael, one of the first year fellows at the University of Chicago. So I know you're probably wondering to yourself, you know, what's the difference? There's enterocept in one team, there's enterocept in the other team. And I, while they're a really good competitor, what, what's really unique about our team is we kind of took it to the next level and showed not only that we have this new fancy medication, but it was also better compared to methotrexate alone, which really changed how we treat rheumatoid arthritis and continues to be what we do today, often adding on a biologic therapy to uh, one of our DMARDs. And compared to one of our other competitors as well, Inflexamob, we just got there sooner. So like we just heard Intercept just kind of beat Inflexamob to the punch. So I think Intercept's a clear winner in the TNF takedown. And our trial is the most kind of relevant one showing uh, superiority uh, to the standard of care methotrexate. So I think it's fair to say, ultimately, we're going to slam dunk in this region. I love it. Obviously, this is going to be an interesting matchup um, with these two early therapies uh, or with, with this one early therapy and thinking about the impact of um, this first major randomized trial in the New England Journal of Medicine versus um, this trial with methotrexate, which essentially became the standard for how we evaluate these, um, these kinds of medicines in the future. Chelsea, anything that you want to add to that? Uh, yes, like what Michael said, uh, our, our article is so important because it's the the standard of what we do today. We add a TNF on top of methotrexate in patients without an adequate response um, with rheumatoid arthritis. And as Michael said, Embril got there first. So our uh, Embril uh plus methotrexate compared to methotrexate alone trial was actually published in January, 1999. And infliximab plus methotrexate compared to methotrexate alone was published in December of 1999. So at Embrel, we did get there first. Um, and we think we have a bit of a layup on the other teams. I love this. I love this TNF takedown region where we're debating the actual publication dates um, in terms of impact. So this is really good. I'm, I'm really fascinated to see what the Blue Room panel is going to do with this. I mean, obviously, uh, the patients are the real winners here. Um, but 
Um, it is really interesting. We're so used to using these medicines now to kind of take it back to when these medicines were um, first came out and to actually think about how these trials that are done are very similar to what's even done today and how they really did an amazing job of um, developing a research program and a clinical trial program that actually establishes um, the efficacy of these therapies. Okay, well, these are matched up. Once we decide who wins the Tanisef Ferrari versus Tanisef versus plus methotrexate, um, it's matched up against infliximab for rheumatoid arthritis. And that scattering report was written by uh, Rashmi and Neha from uh, UCSD. So can y'all tell us about your team? Hi. Yeah, sure. I can start. And then, um, so I'm Rashmi Detail. I'm a second year rheumatology fellow at UCSD. Um, our base article talks about the ATTRACT trial, which is a multi-center international groundbreaking RE trial that proved safety and efficacy of infliximab in RE refractory to multiple DMARDs, including methotrexate, demonstrated radiographic improvement for the first time in RE trials, and paved the way for what has now become the standard for conducting clinical trials. And we think infliximab is really important to highlight in RE treatment. Uh, and since we're talking about timelines, infliximab was actually the first uh, TNF-alpha to have ever been compounded and trialed in a human RE patient in 1992. And uh, that was the tip off of potential of biologics to effectively treat RE that actually led to, an, led to a paradigm shift in the use of biologics with a uh, far-reaching influence even be uh, beyond RA because the, other, because the companies then shifted their focus from sepsis to inflammatory diseases for all these biologics. And, uh, and this is evidenced by the fact that infliximab is actually the first uh, biologic to receive a FTA indication for any disease. And that was for Crohn's and that was even before Enbrel for RA. And I can let Neha add a little bit to that. Hi, I'm Neha. I'm a first-year fellow at UCSD. Um, yeah, I just want to add that um, we like etanercept for its comparable efficacy, um, but it lacks the flexibility of dosing and frequency. And so infliximab provides ease for patients who have difficulty self-administering injections and difficulty with medication adherence. Also, this trial was like a much larger multi-center international trial um, with uh, 37 international centers that paved the way for what is now become the standard for conducting clinical trials in comparison to the Enbrel trials, which was only conducted at seven centers in the U.S. So it really addressed a larger pop uh, various populations across the globe. And, uh, and in fact, this trial actually um, was done in patients with advanced and recalcitrant disease and also showed, uh, later on showed that, uh, that inflexible halted radiographic progression of um, disease, and it was, which was later published in the NEJM. So we would like to say that uh, the ATTRACT trial is a bigger game changer than a slam dunk off a fast break. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, this is uh, quite the discussion, you all. You all really took it back to the roots of this. And yeah, you know, I've been fascinated um, to actually kind of dig back through the history of these TNF inhibitors, where they came from. Uh, yeah, as you all point out, how they were kind of stolen from um, old, old research that was done in sepsis, and um, how it was really revived in rheumatoid arthritis. And I am really interested to see what the Blue Ribbon Panel is going to decide to do with all of these different TNF inhibitors 
Um, and where are they going to place the importance? How early they were, first approval, um, IV, sub-Q, um, the established efficacy of using it in combination with methotrexate, how large the trial was, all of these different things that you pointed out um, uh, is going to be interesting to see. So, um, you know, uh, Ben, I'm going to actually just ask you, what do you think is going to happen from this region? Just, uh, you know, no pressure, but, you know, what do you think is going to come out of this region? Sure. I'd start by saying, I think this this group is in a way heartbreaking to me. All of you are so united by your hatred for TNF alpha, um, <laughs> but here you are pitted against each other in this battle um, to the finish. I, I think I have to echo what Christina had mentioned about Etanercept for RA. I like Etanercept as the OG, as she put it. And I think that's, that's who I see coming away with, uh, with this, with this region. Interesting. You know, I think that's great. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there've been great arguments on each side, but, you know, um, there, there's, there's some teams that are not only united in their, in their hatred of TNF alpha, but there's also, um, one team or a couple teams that are united in their hatred of TNF beta. So, um, just throwing that out there, but, um, anyway, uh, okay, we got to move on to another region. Um, thank you all. That was amazing. Um, and for those of you who um, enjoyed listening to that, go read these scouting reports. They are insanely fun. Um, and you're going to learn a ton. Um, and some more amazing scouting reports are written by um, the folks that were in the RA revamp region. Unfortunately, we didn't have any from the tier or best trial uh, scouting report authors on this podcast, um, but we are so thankful for the authors who wrote those scouting reports. So the teams in the RA revamp um, region are the TIER trial on triple therapy for rheumatoid arthritis. That was written by the UT Southwestern Rheumatology Fellowship Program, who has the record for the most number of authors on a single scouting report with 13 people contributing to that. So they really worked hard on it, and it's very good. And this is uh, obviously one of the pivotal trials establishing efficacy of triple therapy in uh, comparison to um, TNF inhibitor plus methotrexate. Um, so definitely go check that out. And then there's the BEST trial, um, which the scouting report was written by the MUSC Fellowship Program. You know, I mean, I think in addition to being named the BEST trial, which is, I mean, I think an unfair advantage in a tournament, um, it also was a pivotal trial looking at early aggressive therapy and uh, really demonstrated the importance of being aggressive um, in treating rheumatoid arthritis. But here to talk about the uh, Tycora trial is Angus Worthing. Um, and I will say, Angus, as you introduce yourself, you do need to point out your disclosure that you are also on the Blue Ribbon panel. However, you have been disqualified from voting mm -hmm. on any matchup related to Tycora. Um, and so uh, Angus being on the Blue Ribbon panel will not influence the tournament results in any way. However, uh, he just couldn't contain his enthusiasm for Room Madness this year. So he's on the panel and also his group wrote um, a scouting report for us. So Angus, take it away. Thanks, David. Uh, just a total pleasure to be here. I'm, um, I'm an attending in private practice in Washington, D.C. at Arthritis and Rheumatism Associates <clears throat> and wrote this with uh, my partners, Justin Pang and Dan El-Baghdadi. Um, we're excited to join uh, as what I think is the first private practice writing a scouting report um, because we just love rheumatology and we love basketball so much. 
This season, we're talking about Tycora, which for those of you who will read the report, uh, in my current view, as you know, I'm biased and I won't be able to vote on this, must run away with the RA revamp. We're, We're building on what we just heard about with the original TNF trials. And right as this moment of TNF inhibitors are coming out of the, the uh, scene with rheumatoid arthritis, Takora sets the standard for how to use these new tools. So it's it's the uh, multiple tool basketball player. It's a, it's a randomized, blinded trial testing a strategy treat to target, which if you think about rheumatoid arthritis care, it's, it's how we treat patients. And it probably is going to be how we treat patients until we find a cure for rheumatoid arthritis. You establish the diagnosis, you get <clears throat> a drug on board, choose a target, and then evaluate it every visit. And if the patient's not at the target, you escalate therapy. And no matter if the, if you're using a biologic, a target molecule, um, synthetic DMARD, that's usually your strategy. This was a total pleasure to read the other two articles in uh, RA Revamp. I'll just expand a little bit because I was in fellowship right after these came out in rheumatology and they were groundbreaking. We were all talking about them, but um, best trial, as you say, uh, comes in with a name award, I think for, for this bracket, uh, RA revamp it it's the Harlem Globetrotters. Everybody knows who they are. These four huge, extremely interesting arms of therapy, but really um when you come down to it, you might not use that information very frequently in your day-to-day practice. Um, and triple therapy versus TNF, we, this this was so, so important to know that they're very similar at the end of the year, uh, but that you get better a little quicker when you're on a TNF. But again, how frequently do you use, do you use that information? So that that's my um, the only bias I'll, I'll mention. And of course, I won't be uh, tipping the scales because I can't as a, as a Blue Ribbon panel member. But we like our uh, our Tikora trials ability to put these other two giants on the defensive. Uh, and so when the buzzer sounds, we think we'll have that slammed on. Love it. I mean, it's great. And I'm so excited to see what comes out of this region uh, in particular because, I mean, these all of these articles really set the standard for how you... Um, don't just evaluate the efficacy of a new treatment, but um, optimize care. And, you know, anyone who's interested in optimizing care now forever is going to be referencing these original articles that really are talking about that. So I'm excited. Um, We'll see. And this is a good time for us to remind listeners, um, not only is Angus not having any influence on the Blue Room panel or the actual outcome of the tournament, no one on this podcast actually has any control over what the Blue Room panel um, is choosing. Angus and his um, colleagues that are on the panel are basically going to make up their minds completely separate from what we're saying on this podcast. So this is for your listening enjoyment and for you to help make you up your own mind. But uh, I don't think Ben is uh, Ben's called shot earlier is um, actually going to change the tournament. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, so um, Meredith, I'm really curious. Um, what do you think about? I mean, you're a medical student, you know, like you're getting to know rheumatology you know, you've heard a little bit about these studies. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, this one feels like a huge toss up to me. I will say if I have to put my money down on a team, I think I would go with the best team. One, again, you can't really underemphasize the value of a name going into something, (laughs) but 
even more than that, I find it really interesting to think about because the focus for that study was early aggressive treatment. I think that increasingly there's been a bit of a question about whether early aggressive treatment and RA and other conditions has implications beyond just the outcomes that that study looked at, but things like interstitial lung disease and other kind of more serious complications. So I think that there could be some interest generated around that team because of what newer studies might be looking at. This is fabulous. Um, that's awesome, Meredith. Uh, thank you. It's an interesting, you know, I just appreciate all of your interest in this uh, tournament and your commentary on it. And we'll see if people agree with you. So speaking of, we'll Meredith, you know, I am interested to hear from you and from a fellow at Vanderbilt, um, Robert Cordy, um, about your article in the Mechanism Madness region. So this region only has two teams. And um, the folks from Geisinger who wrote the scouting report on monocytium urate crystals activating the inflammasome are not able to make it to this podcast. We will hear from them in a future podcast. But really, that was a really foundational article. Um, and I think the inflammasome by itself is such a fascinating topic. But then to find out that crystals like MSU and CPVD crystals activate this innate danger signaling mechanism to um, pour out interleukin-1 was such a, I think, um, groundbreaking change in the way we understand gout pathophysiology. And the scouting report on this topic is really, really good. So um, I definitely would encourage you all to take a look at that. Um, and that is matched up against this old article on clonal selection theory. And y'all have to remind me, is this from the 1950s, um, I believe? This is a really interesting topic. So getting back into the basic mechanisms of rheumatic disease, Meredith and um, uh, Robert, what do you all what do you all want uh, the folks to know about this team? Meredith, did you want to take this or shall I, shall I? Okay, you got it. Okay, so our team is called the Forbidden Clones. Um, our coach, Sir McFarlane Burnett, uh, even going back to 1959, understood how in the process of lymphocyte development, there are these turnovers that happen and kind of percolate through the system of our our uh, developing immune system to sometimes create these forbidden clones, producing pathogenic uh, um, autoantibodies. And one of the things that's so interesting to me about learning about this this um, this background is that we don't currently have any therapies that make use of this insight. All of our therapies target the immune system more generally. Like if you look at the um, other competitor in the mechanism madness section, it's all about the NLRP3 inflammasome. You know, and we do have a therapy that kind of makes use of that. It's these IL-1 inhibitors downstream of NLRP3. But like all the other treatments in rheumatology, they suppress the immune system more generally rather than making any use of the known pathogenic autoantibodies. So in a way, um, Sir McFarlane Burnett was actually moving without the ball. He was one step ahead of the play. And if we pass into the open court uh, in the future of rheumatology, hopefully we can have therapies that make use of this uh, foundational insight and don't leave our patients susceptible to infection. Wow. That was a phenomenal combination of basketball <laughs> puns and really interesting insights into this. I mean, this article is great. And um, I felt like, you know, this is like a great um, example of why I'm so happy that we opened the tournament up for actual scouting report authors to submit their own teams. 
um, never would have found this article in a million years. And um, it was fascinating to, um, to read it and to learn about it. So really interesting. You know, Guy, actually hearing that, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you don't have any thoughts about whether or not there are any future therapies that might affect um, the specific abnormal clonal processes involved in or the abnormal uh, specific immune system problems in autoimmune diseases that like what happened in last year's tournament, for example. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, the rightful winner of last year's tournament was CAR T cells, which, you know, everyone was saying at that time, it's just one case report. It's just one case report. Well, now uh, we're at five or six and the multiple clinical trials are ongoing and it is a hot topic. It was featured in, at ACR multiple times. So I think it's, uh, it's proving itself to be uh, everything it lived up to at that time. Yeah. So, I mean, I shouldn't even ask who you think is going to win this region. Uh, yeah. Well, so I, I have to say the, uh, the um, MSU and NLRP3 is intriguing. Um, and it actually uh, happens to be the most highly cited of all of the um, articles of this year's tournament, which I was really? surprised by. Um, but actually by, by a lot. It is the, the most highly cited, um, mostly because of, of its basic science impacts. But I, I agree that the, I think the Blue Ribbon panel is really going to think long and hard about the, all of these really old um, trials and studies that we're looking at here dating back anywhere between, you know, 10 to 60 or 70 years ago, or some of them even more than that. Um, I think what they're going to really care about is how relevant are they today. And I, I agree, David. I think that the, uh, the, the clonal selection topic is, uh, it was relevant at the time and it's becoming increasingly relevant now. So I think the Blue Ribbon panel is really going to like that one. Interesting. Those interesting comments. Um, I love it. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. That was part one of our bracketology session where we review the left side of the room madness bracket. Please make sure to tune in to the second part of this discussion where we review the, um, the rest of the teams on this side of the bracket. As always, you can also just go to the website, our room madness website, and read the scouting reports yourselves. And please make sure you submit a bracket. Thank you. Thank you.